Thank you, worship team, for leading us in the worship. Really appreciate that. <clears throat> uh, my name is Chuck Wilson. In case I didn't get a chance to say hi to anybody, or you're visiting, I want to just welcome you. And I'm gl- so glad you're here this morning. And we're having a live stream today. That's why I was running around back there. We're working out a few details. But we're doing live stream today. Spread the word. If folks can't make it or if you have friends somewhere else that aren't attending somewhere, uh, let them know that every Sunday at 10 o'clock, they can just go, right on our, go on our YouTube site, which I've sent you the link many, many times, and you can do, do the live stream. A uh, couple of quick announcements, because my announcements people weren't here today. The uh, SALT group is this Tuesday, so if you'd like to be part of that, contact Paul and Joy Vandervliet, and they'll get you connected with that. 40 Days for Life, sign up. There's Terry right back here. Sign up with Terry for 40 Days of Life. The, de- the details are on the bulletin there. So sign up for your prayer slot for that. And also, uh, Sean Davis is going to be having a prodigal prayer time this Wednesday. Every Wednesday we have prayer meeting on Zoom right now. But uh, this week it's going to be for prodigals. We're going to really focus on prodigals, about half the time on regular prayer stuff, and then another half on prodigal prayers, prayer for your prodigals. So see Sean. Give a wave, Sean. So they see Sean if you want to get connected for this Wednesday on that. Okay. And I think, oh, and youth group, youth group, uh, meet at, the time is wrong in the bulletin, meet at our house at 5.30 because we're going to be at the Bunces, youth group's going to the Bunces this week, so 5.30 this week, meet at our house to catch the van ride, okay? And I think that covers it all. All right, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, we'll have the verses behind us here, but if you want to turn to Acts 1, and if you're using the Bible, you grab down the way in, it's page 3, oh, no, no, 907, 907, we're out of Second Kings. All right, 907, all right? And once again, we always have the live stream going now, so you can always follow along on that. And after live stream is done, you can always go back and watch it again, and it'll always be there. And also the sermon will be peeled off uh, just like normal, so you'll be able to just click on that too at any time, all right? So last time, we started the book of Acts, the book of Acts, and we talked about the Holy Spirit's power and how we can live in victory, how we can live by faith no matter what we're facing in our life, no matter what's going on in our country, what's going on in our world, as we get closer to the end times, the second coming of Jesus Christ, no matter what is happening, we can still live by the Holy Spirit's power in victory. What's going on around us doesn't matter. What's going on inside of us with the Holy Spirit's power is what is really key. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on all through the book of Acts next year. It's just going to be focusing on how we can live by the Holy Spirit's power and live in spiritual victory, living by faith. Uh, It's vital, 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 this this whole book. So today, though, the title, we're going to finish up Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. And the title is Wait for God's timing. Wait for God's timing. Because he promised the Holy Spirit, but then he said to wait for the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about there in a minute. But have you ever got got ahead of God? Nobody here, but you might know somebody. Have you ever acted impulsively and later regretted it, not waited for the Holy Spirit's leading, or, or you know, got it, went, went against what the Holy Spirit wanted, lived by the flesh, did something by the flesh, and lived to regret it? Uh, acted impulsively, right? I Last time I shared about my Super Beetle. Remember my Super Beetle, my Volkswagen Super Beetle being stuck in first gear? Well, there's, a, there's more to the story, more to the story. All right. 
Uh, no, he says, my brother Billy had a car. He was a year older than me. He had a car. He had a red Mustang. You know, I think it was a 71 red Mustang. And, and I, but he wouldn't share, you know, just like he wouldn't give me, let me shoot his BB gun. Remember that story? Wouldn't let me drive his, this Mustang. Very, very rarely would he let me drive it. So I said, I wanted my own car. And I had sold one of my cows. We all got a cow at, you know, at a certain age, me 11. And, and then, then they had more cows. And so I, I ended up with a lot of cows, you know. And uh, I sold one of my cows, so I had enough money. So I went looking for that perfect car, and I found it. I never forget. I found it, <clears throat> parked along the road for sale. It was a 1972 yellow Volkswagen. And this is 1978, so six years old, right? And it meant not only a, a Volkswagen, but it was a Super Beetle, all right? Uh, some of you, anybody else have Super Beetle? Oh, yeah, there's a Super Beetle. Yes, Bob had one, too. Good, good. Super Beetle. And, and they wanted $800 for it. And I had that. I, I, that was what I sold my cow for. So I said, I'll be back. Don't sell this car. I will be back. Let me go get my money. So I get home, and I said, Dad, I found the perfect car. I'm going to go get it. Where's my money? Give me my inheritance. <laughs> but it, it wasn't my inheritance. It was my cow, my money. All right. So anyway, uh, but he's like, no, no. And he tried to talk me out of it. And, I, and he's like, no, let me go with you. I want to at least see this car before you buy it. I'm like, Dad. Just leave me alone. It's my cow. It's my money. It's my car. Yeah, you're just going to try to talk me out of it. I know what you're going to do, Dad. You're going to try to talk me out of it. You know, my perfect car. And uh, so, Dad... <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, he, uh, so, I went uh, back and, and I, I bought that yellow Volkswagen. And it was a lemon. It was a lemon. I bought a lemon. I should have listened to my dad, right? Now, now I beat it up plenty. You know, I, I did beat it up plenty. I'll never forget. I got in an accident with it. I was, uh, my dad claimed, said I was distracted by a girl in the front seat, but it wasn't. It had nothing to do with it. And, and I did a fender bender with the car in front of me at a stoplight. You know, I didn't see it. And they stopped and I didn't and I hit them, but it didn't even hurt their car at all because it, because Volkswagens were low. And so I went, my fender, my bumper fender went under their fender and it just hit my hood and the hoods on the Volkswagens there's nothing there right just air the engine is in the back alright that's why they were perfect cars for doing donuts you know uh, where I grew up <clears throat> there was ice everywhere they never did get down to the pavement and so every parking lot had about this much ice on it right Ellie's still the same thing right and so we would I, everybody would go and do donuts in different parking lots it wasn't like here it was a whole different world <laughs> where I grew up and and there's just so much ice and I'll never forget I went to the school and I was in the school parking lot doing donuts and, and it had it was just crazy you just start to drive and you just turn the wheel and it would just go woo 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 it was great then the custodians came out and I got out of there quickly uh, but uh, but that's just the culture we lived in it was no big deal but that, so so there was just air, so I dented the hood, but the problem was there was a big dent in the hood, and, um, and, and I took, a, I took a, a, a mallet, and I opened it up, and I just kind of banged it out the best I could. Then I tied it down, because it wouldn't latch anymore, just tied it down, and it was like all banged up and rusted after that. <clears throat> but it also messed up my headlights. The one headlight now went like a high beam all the time. It was always a high beam. And, and so whenever I drive up to people, they would see me and they blink their high beam toward me, like, turn it down. I'm like, I was just waiting for them. Boom! And I really gave them the high beam after that, yeah? You know, blinded them. But the other light was, didn't bother me because it was aimed straight up. It was aimed straight up. And, and so I would be driving and, and, and I never forget the first time I realized that I drove under a street light, and there aren't many where I grew up, I was in a, a, a town, and the light went out. 
I'm like, what? And it was because as I, if I did it just right, I figured it out if I did it just right, I could drive under the, the street lights and put the lights out because the light shined in them. I thought it was daylight, you know, and, and, and I used to do that all over the place trying to put out street lights with this car. So it was crazy. It was crazy. But, and, and then also, so you can imagine what this car is already looking like. Also, remember I drove in first gear for about a month. Remember that story? I don't want to go through that again. But, uh, I burned out a lot of, uh, belts and I burned out a lot of oil. And then on, so that was already not doing the engine any favors, but then I ran out of oil. Remember the story when I ran out of oil and I was seven miles from home and I, and the oil light came on and, and I said, I'm going to get home quick. And I zoomed, you know, try to get home and I didn't get home quick. I just got to the bottom of the hill. That's a whole nother story. But uh, a good Samaritan gave me some oil. I put it in. It started. I got away with it. I was so excited, except the next day I was driving it again and all of a sudden, I saw this, all I heard is whoosh, and I looked back, and there was a stream of oil slick all over the road. So obviously, I did some kind of damage to the engine, had this oil gusher, and and uh, and then we're not done yet. So I, I had to get it home. I was about a quarter of a mile from home, and I went and got my two friends, and we decided to tow it home. I got a chain, and, and one of them had a car. He had a blue Datsun, and I hooked it to his car, and I hooked the chain to my car, and I got in the passenger seat, and I had another my friend Eric was towing it, and I got my other friend Len. I don't know why I had Lenny tow it. This guy, I, why he, I had him driving my car. I don't know. But, but the idea was I said, guys, when we get back to the farm, into the driveway, I'll jump out, and I'll say, and I'll say one, two, three, stop. And I'll jump out, and I'll run along and say, because we're just coasting at that point. And so just, just ease on the brakes when I do that, okay? Okay, we got it. We got it. Get in. Eric, I jump out. I go, one, two, three, stop. Up and and uh, and Len, uh, Eric driving the the, tow, the car towing eased on the brakes, but Lenny jammed on the brakes, jammed on him. My bumper went boom. It was an arrowhead, you know, just a big arrow. It was like, oh my goodness! I got the hood, I got the lights, I got the arrow, and so I'm like, oh. So I didn't know what to do. I talked to my the guy who works on my car all the time, and uh, he said. It's, you're gonna. You don't have to buy a new bumper. Look at this car. You know what's the point? He goes, just. I'm gonna give you a secret. Just run it into a tree a couple of times. You know, run it into a tree. There were no airbags. You know, there was no airbags on these 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 cars, right? You know, there's no airbags. So I, I the box alder tree. I, I think it's the stump is still there out out in the yard there. And uh, and I and I so I started driving. I rammed into it. Bam. You know. <laughs> And I got out, no, it was still pretty pointed. So I, I did it again. And I did it finally after I did it about five times. It looked like an accordion, the, the, the bumper, you know. I, I bumped it in. So, <clears throat> but, but I beat it up, but it was already a lemon. I mean, already a lemon, already a lemon. I never forget, I got in the first time, I got in the winter time. There was no heat. There's a little bit of defrost. You could just make a little circle on the window. Now, I grew up in Buffalo, you know, Niagara Falls. It's cold. You know, what we just had this winter is like June weather, right? And so, so I'm, I'm, uh, I, and, and there's no heat. So every time I got in the car, there'd be snow and ice off my feet. And there was like a layer of ice on the floor of the car. And it was just freezing in there it, it was a lemon you know it's just sort of the way the old vws were right and they, the heat didn't work very well it, but but it was in the shop even without all that i did to it it was in the shop more than i was driving it it was a lemon it cost me at least another cow to fix it all the time right it was crazy now i know what many of you are thinking what a dodo you know i, I, I and i was a dodo i was 
But I believe most of us have similar stories. Not with a car, maybe, but most of us have similar stories, stories that aren't quite so funny, stories that uh, we still can't laugh about, right? We still can't laugh about. When we didn't listen to our Heavenly Father, we didn't listen to our Heavenly Father, and we didn't wait for God, and we've experienced or even are experiencing God's discipline in our life right now. Nobody here, but you might know somebody like that. Have you ever gotten ahead of God? Have you ever gotten ahead of God? Last week we saw how Jesus told the apostles to wait for the Holy Spirit. Let's see what they do. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the worship. And now we ask you to send your Holy Spirit and speak to us through your word. And, and transform our hearts and and convict and transform and set us free, Father. And I pray that if anybody's never put their faith in Jesus yet, that, that they would do that today. They would receive the Holy Spirit by putting their faith in Jesus. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's read the, the rest of chapter 1 here, the rest of the passage. And I'm just going to read verses, well, I'll wait for that in a little bit. Okay, verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. Remember that. We're going to really hit that next week. Jesus, after three years of ministry, only had 120 followers. We'll get to that next time. Verse 16, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. With the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Akadalma, Akeldama. I said it right. Okay. That is field of blood. For Peter, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, <clears throat> it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time. The Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of, for one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over his apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the 11 apostles. Okay, so Jesus spends three years 120 believers are all that are left of his motley crew. Wait till we see, we know why he was 
preparing them for the Holy Spirit's power. We'll see that next time. But he leaves. He spends three years with those dodos. And the last thing he says before he goes is he says in verses 4 and 5, he told them, remember, he said in verses 4 and 5, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he says, wait, wait. What do they do? Instead of wait, waiting, they're rolling dice, <laughs> casting lots. It's like, you know, playing, you know, throwing dice. That's what they were doing to, to pick the 12th apostle. They picked the 12th apostle, which was a good idea. It was needed, but it was bad Timing, bad timing, exactly, bad timing. And it was the wrong guy. Matthias was a great guy, but he wasn't God's guy. Great guy, but he wasn't God's guy. He would have been a solid deacon or elder, which we see picked all throughout the book of Acts, would have been a solid, but he wasn't who Jesus picked for the 12th apostle. They picked him in the flesh, not the spirit. How do we know that? Because the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. Jesus said, wait, he's going to come in chapter 2. Next time we'll see that. The Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. He doesn't come to chapter 2. And we will see all throughout the book of Acts that Matthias fades from view. (laughs) But guess who is picked as the 12th apostle? Paul. Paul is picked by Jesus himself to be the 12th apostle. Okay? So we must, the key here, and this is what we're going to drive home, is we must wait for the Holy Spirit to lead and to empower us. That goes for ministry and churches and church. That goes for our life. That goes for everything we do. We have to wait for the Holy Spirit to clearly lead and empower us. We have to learn to wait. Don't act in the flesh, which is what they did and what's what we see all over the Bible, right? They act in the flesh. They, they were impatient and they acted in the flesh. We see it all over the Bible. Where do we see in the Bible somebody acting in the flesh instead of waiting for God's timing? Lots of examples. Anybody got one? David goes and joins the Philistines, right? He was supposed to be joining the Philistines. That was the enemy, but he did it because God wasn't moving fast enough to make him king, and he was getting nervous, right? Uh, uh, Saul was told to wait. Samuel doesn't show up quick enough before the battle, so Samuel, Saul sacrifices. Saul didn't want to wait for Samuel, so he made the sacrifice. Three S's, okay? Uh, he, that, that's what he did, but the classic example the best example of not waiting for god's timing is you know where i'm going abraham and sarah our promised the son who we know became isaac all right but they were getting old and there was no child and we can't, we're not going to have a baby you know 100 years old and 90 years old this is crazy right and so they decided to go ahead with plan b the flesh plan, and they came up with baby Ishmael. And they have been haunted, that, that child haunted them and has haunted, haunted God's people ever since. Ever since. You know who the descendants are. We know who the descendants are. Still haunted by that fleshly decision today. That's a picture, though. That's a spiritual picture for every one of us when we act in the flesh what we end up with. We must all wait for the Holy Spirit to lead us clearly and to empower us before 
acting, before taking steps. Any kind of step, right? Acts 1, 4, and 5, where he says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That still applies today. Don't act until the Holy Spirit directs and empowers. But so often we get impatient. We get impatient, don't we? We get impatient, and so we, we, we act in the flesh. But remember something. God is never late. He's always on time. But he's on his time. <laughs> always on his time. But he's always on time. How have we acted in the flesh? Maybe you've done something with a job or a business. You took a job or quit a job in the flesh Maybe, you know, chosen a career in the flesh. Maybe it's who we married. We married someone in the flesh. Maybe it was moving. We moved or we bought a house or we were thinking about buying a house and, and, and it would be in the flesh. Maybe it's ministry. We, we, we can even do ministry in the flesh. Start a ministry, do a ministry, head a certain direction in ministry. In the flesh, we can, we can do that. Uh, it could be witnessing. Even wit- we can even share our faith in the flesh. And, and if, if God hasn't given us the, the green light and opened the door and, and, and we do it in the flesh, guess what? We're going to do more damage than good. We have to wait to, for God to give us that green light, which is, God, I'm ready. I'm willing. I want to, I want to share my faith. I want to share it with this person. Or God, we pray that way. He'll give you plenty of chances. But, but we have to make sure that, God, we do it in the spirit. In the spirit, very, very important. Uh, it could be anything. So often we get tired of waiting for God to act, so we act in the flesh and we end up in a mess, right? We end up in a mess. We end up in God's under God's discipline. We end up under his discipline. He has to deal with our flesh. He starts to discipline us. He has to deal with our flesh, which is probably why he kept us waiting in the first place, right? He was dealing with our flesh in the first place. At, but but or oftentimes we're in a place of blessing we're in a place of blessing but we move without god's leading we move without god's leading we move without that prayer we move without listening to godly advice and getting confirmation through godly advice we we make a move in the flesh could be a job could be where we live could be anything we leave that place could be in our marriage we we leave that place that god has placed us in our neighborhood in college in a job, in a team that we're playing on, in a ministry that we're in. We leave it, and then we crash because of it. I have seen that, and I've done it many times, and I've seen it so many times. Uh, I, I remember someone comes to mind as I was putting this together. This uh, it was a woman, and she was in a place of blessing. She was in so, having so much fruit years ago. Most of you wouldn't even know her anymore, but she was in a place of blessing and was blessing so many other people unbelievable and 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 she but she all of a sudden she all of a sudden said i'm i'm leaving i'm moving here and i'm gonna go do this and and i'm going now if god's leading i'm all for it you know i prayed we've prayed up many people have moved we prayed for them and blessed them it's awesome but i knew this was a fleshly decision because there was no it was just like boom there was no prayer. There was nothing. There was no consideration for me. And I said, I pleaded with her. I said, God is using you. You are touching so many lives where the, your ministries are. You're, you're ministering to people that no one else could, will be able to do what you're doing. God has prepared you for this and is using you. And you are being blessed. 
didn't want to hear anything, didn't, want, didn't listen, I'm just going to do it. I'm gonna, and I said, you haven't even prayed about this. You haven't even discussed it. You're just, boom, leap dropping all, dropping all this and going to go. She went and she crashed and her, and her life in ministry has never been the same since. To this day, it's not been anywhere near the blessing she experienced. And, and what, we, we all do that, don't we? Don't we all do that? We act in the flesh. We act in the flesh. We end up in a dry place. We end up in a spiritual desert. We end up in a place of regret under God's discipline. Don't we? I, I don't want any hands, but I think we could all say we've done this multiple times, right? This is what we do. But we don't, the good, that's the hard thing, but we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay there. Hebrews 12, 7 talks about God's discipline. In Hebrews 12, 7 through 11, it says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father. If you are not disciplined and everyone, everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we all have human fathers who disciplined us and respected them for it. Well, we should have, right? Uh, uh, How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirit and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That is hope and discipline. We don't have to stay there. We have to recognize this is God's discipline on my life. It's not punishment. If you're a child of God, you're not being punished. I correct people all the time. He's not punishing you. He punishes people who don't know Jesus. They get punishment. There's nothing good coming of it, what they get. But we are disciplined. His whole goal is to get us back into a right relationship with God and and of communion with him and also to fulfill our purpose for God's purpose for our lives. That's the whole point of God's discipline. All right. And, and, and And there's a specific time for it, too. But we have to recognize it. We have to confess and repent of it. We have to take the steps God leads us on and we have to learn from it. Learn from it. And while we're going through that time, very important, Hebrews 4.16. Very important what we need to do during this whole time. You're going to need this. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have to constantly come to God and say, God, I need your mercy. Forgiveness. I need your grace. Strength. I need your, your grace to, to go through what I'm going through, to, to go through this time of discipline. I need your mercy and grace. Very, very important. We, we have to ask for that mercy and grace, and then we have to wait. <laughs> wait to let God complete what he's doing. And, and, and also, I want to encourage you to memorize, memorize and claim the promise of Romans 8.28. No matter how big a mess you have made, God can still bless our mess. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, God, he works, works it all out for his purpose. Somehow, no matter what we do, if we come to him and we submit and we repent and we surrender, and, but, and most vital of all, most vital of all, we have to learn from it. 
We don't want to keep on making decisions and, and actions in the flesh. We have to learn to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16. In Galatians 5.16 it says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The word live can also, some of your versions says walk. The idea is to walk or to live. It's the same concept there. In, in the spirit versus walking or living in the flesh. Very important to learn to walk in the spirit. And it's not easy because what is our natural reaction? We become a Christian, but we've had 30 years of living by the flesh, right? Instead of the Holy Spirit. We become a Christian, we receive the Holy Spirit inside of us, but, but we've had 30 years of, <clears throat> of ha- habitual walking by the flesh, doing things our way, not God's way. But we have to learn, we have to... We have to learn and make walking in the Spirit a new way of life through that constant time in the Word, through constant meditating on the Word, to learn to think biblically, biblical worldview, biblical thinking, to to be in prayer constantly, to be in fellowship constantly. That's that's how we learn to, to walk in the Spirit. Very, very important is to learn to walk in the Spirit. Okay, uh, but we—it's it, constant. It's not easy. Do you remember when you learned how to walk? No, you don't remember that. You're babies, right? Nobody remembers that. But I'll tell you what it was like because you've had kids. You've taught them how to walk. That's what it was like for you. It's hard. They, they, they crawl everywhere, you know, and, and that's what we are, spiritual crawlers, you know. But also we have to learn to walk in the spirit. And when you teach, when someone's learning how to walk, what happens all the time? Fall down, bang their head, crash, you know. You know, it, it, they fall and get scared. And they're afraid to try it again. It, it, it's hard to learn to walk. But over time, you, you keep at it, you know. Come on, you can do it, you know. Yeah, you keep at it, and all of a sudden, you're learning to walk. And then the next thing you know, you're running, you know. And, and that is a picture spiritually. We need to learn to walk in the, walk in the spirit. It, it takes time. It's hard. It, it's a whole new way of thinking. It's a living a surrendered life of, of depending on the Holy Spirit to lead us. And it's also hard, even after we become a Christian and we learn how to walk in the Spirit, it's also still hard because we still can crash. It's really hard because we're, we're all vulnerable. We are all broken. We're broken. Even after we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes in, but we're still broken. Right? And some of that brokenness God heals right away, but others, He leaves that brokenness there to remind us of our need of Him and our need of God's grace, mercy, and grace on a continual basis. But we're all broken. And we need to learn, we, you know, we, we, it's hard. And we crash. Look what happened to Target Wood this week. Unbelievable, right? Look, only God kept them alive, right? Obviously. But, but he, his legs are shattered. I've been reading about it. The, the question isn't, will Tiger play golf again? The question is, will he walk again? Now, he may end up playing golf again someday. But, but first, he's going to have to learn how to walk. And it won't be easy after what his, his legs are like, you know, crushed, right? It, he, it's going to be hard. And, but, but if, and I believe he's driven, he's a driven guy, right? You know, Tiger's going to learn how to walk again someday. But it's going to be hard. But each one of us is also broken, aren't we? We're broken. We come to Christ and we're broken. And even after we become a Christian, we still crash. Right? We still as Christians crash and we get more broken. 
It, and and we, have to, we have to depend on God's mercy and grace to get back up again and learn how to walk all over again. And how to, 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 to you know, we, we, we need, just, they're saying, the reason Tiger's going to make it is he has so much support. He's got a great support system. They're, they're talking about this all the time. And that, but we have that too. We have the body of Christ. We have the body of Christ. We can get back up again because we have the body of Christ and we can help each other after our crashes. We all crash. Everybody crashes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called life, right? But, but that's another thing. We have to learn to walk by God's mercy and grace even after the crashes, even because we're broken and we, we need extra mercy and grace. But we, we and we're going to see this next time, we have the Holy Spirit's power. We have the Holy Spirit's power. Acts 2, the Holy Spirit has already come. We have the Holy Spirit's power. And that Holy Spirit's power transforms them. They weren't perfect. They were still broken. They still had to learn a lot all throughout the book of Acts. But they had the Holy Spirit's power that was constantly transforming them. And that's what we have. Yeah, we're a mess. Yeah, we make mistakes. Yeah, we crash. Right? Yeah, we, you know, we have to learn to do this whole you know, walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. But we have the Holy Spirit's power. He, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into you. And, and, and then we learn to daily be filled with the Spirit. We talked about that last time, being filled with the Spirit. And, and there are special times where the Holy Spirit just empowers us and, and comes upon us. We talked about that too. It, it's awesome. But we have the Holy Spirit's power. Wait till we get next week. This is, this is kind of like, ugh, but next week is the Holy Spirit's power. Wait till you see what the Holy Spirit's power can and will do through our life. But before we get there, what's your super beetle? What, are you, what wreck are you driving around? <laughs> what's wrecking your life? How are you dinged up and banged up, right, because of not listening? Are we ready to listen to God now? That's the key. Not what we did yesterday, not with the mistakes, but are we ready to listen now? Are we ready to surrender our life now? Are we ready to surrender to God's discipline? Going to have to go through it. <laughs> can't go around. You know, the, 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 the old children's book, can't go around it, can't go over it, can't go under it, got to go through it. You know, you know, we gotta, we're going to have to go, we got to go through God's discipline, but we have his mercy and grace. His mercy and grace, and we have the promise that he's going to make, turn it all for good. Will we commit to live our lives a whole new way to walking in the Spirit? No matter how broken we are, will we walk in the Spirit, living by the Holy Spirit's power? And maybe you're here today, or you're listening to this today, watching this today, and you don't have the Holy Spirit because you've never taken the first step of putting your faith in Jesus Christ. If you, if, you, if you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, your life is a wreck. How do I know it? Because that's what we all are without Jesus Christ, right? Uh, we're all a wreck without Jesus. But, but your life is a wreck. <clears throat> you are like Tiger Wood crashing out, you know. We're broken, completely broken, without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus in our life, without faith. But that can change Right now. That can change through a prayer of faith right now. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
Have you ever believed in Jesus? That word doesn't mean intellectual belief. It means a heart. The word means to put your faith. Have you ever believed? The word is is the same word for faith. It means to put your faith in what Jesus did, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his death on the cross to forgive our sins, His putting our faith in his resurrection from the dead, that we can have a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Have you ever taken that first step and surrendered your life? Let's pray. As we close up with this time of prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. And you're just, your life is a wreck. You've crashed more times than you can remember. You're completely broken. But you don't have to stay in that place of pain and shame any longer. Because Jesus died to pay for our sin so that we could be reconnected with his Father, so that we could have a brand new life in Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can have that right now simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, please forgive my sin. I repent. I ask you to forgive me from everything I've ever done or ever will do, I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. I put my faith in his death on that cross for me. And I ask you to give me a new life, just like you brought Jesus back from the dead. I ask you to give me a brand new life. I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you, God. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, then something incredible has happened. The Holy Spirit is now in you. Wait till you see what happens. Your life will never be the same again. And you now have access to God as your Father. You can come to Him anytime for mercy and grace. And you'll need it a lot. For the rest of your life, you can come to him for that. For those of us who are Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? 
How are we going through discipline? Let's not get stuck there. Let's confess it and repent and submit to it. And learn from it. Learn to walk by the Spirit. Remember that pain, (laughs) the discipline. And remember to walk by the Spirit. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would remind us every day. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have put your faith in Christ, I want to encourage you. You've taken that first step of putting your faith in Christ. I want to encourage you to tell somebody. Maybe you have a family member or a friend you could tell or tell me on the the way out or talk to someone. Email me, text me. Let somebody know. And if you're watching this live stream and you need to talk to someone, you can email me, nhcc at comcast.net, and I'll get you connected somewhere. And the same goes for you need help getting healing for something. Talk to another brother, Christian brother or sister, that we're broken. We need that, that extra mercy and grace. Find that support you need, okay? God bless.